¡Viva la raza! I got that passion that's lasting long. Los mujeres fall in love with that Latin charm. One woman isn't enough, amigo. Siempre cogiendo más mujeres porque soy latino. And I'm tougher and tough, all of your bluff cause. I lie, I cheat, I steal. I lie, I cheat, I steal. I don't care. 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 I don't care.
All right, welcome back. Another special edition of the Not of the Wrestling Podcast. This is an episode I've been kind of been wanting to do for a while, and I've got a partial fan of the podcast. <laughs> um, you've heard his voice before in the show months ago, but uh, wel- welcoming first time ever, uh, my best friend Eduardo Falcone. Ed, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well, and for those that don't remember, I was the uh, Vince Russo that called on the phone. I was the one with the impression, yes. Even though you told me after, I wasn't trying to be Russo. That was not what I was going for, but that's how you guys remember me as. Yeah, I don't even... What would you say? You were trying to be like a guy from uh, just, just a straight... I was just trying to sound like someone that was from New York that used to call the radio station, just a New York fan. That's pretty much what it was going for, but <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I figured Sean would have picked up on that, but I guess not. I'm surprised Sean didn't pick up on it. Yeah, considering what a big sports fan he is. Anyway, man, so tonight we're doing... Um, this is something I wanted to do back in November, but schedules couldn't uh, get together. We kind of couldn't make it happen. But we're making it happen tonight, and we're going to be doing a very special episode, and we're going to kind of be talking about uh, Eddie Guerrero. Um, Eddie Guerrero was uh, a guy for you and me who we grew up watching, who was one of my favorites, and I know your all-time favorite. So, big reason why I wanted to have you on here tonight. Yes, he was one of the guys that I, like, out of all of them, in that time frame in my life, he was my favorite one. Even when he was a heel, and he was doing some some crazy-ass stuff, I, I liked him. Especially against that feud against Eddie, with, uh, with against Ray, that was my... I was all for him in that in that feud. <laughs> you know, he was I I remember when we were kids, you just you you would like just say you hated Rey Mysterio, and I think a bunch of it would just kind of just to bust my chops because you know I really liked Rey. It's like man, f Rey Mysterio, man. He comes to the he comes down to the ring and he's kissing all these kids, the pedophile <laughs> man. Rey Mysterio. And I'm like, no, he's not. Like, <laughs> I knew what he was doing. I was just messing around. I but... know you were. Yeah, now I know. As like you know, twelve, thirteen years old, I'm like, stop it, man. You know. I mean, CJ, I was the heel commentator when we were children. Let's be honest here. We used to comment together on the phone about the about the matches that were going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another thing we would do. We would like we talk to each other uh, when SmackDown was on, and we give our commentary. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we used to do that's back when i was fully immersed in the wwe completely watched every single episode every week on smackdown what, what would you say is kind of when you fell out was like the early 2010s um well i mean it has to be uh, it didn't happen like from one day to another it was it was gradual right so obviously eddie dying i still liked it i still watched it and then chris benoit dying and then I slowly started to to lose interest, mm-hmm. and then uh, I don't know. I guess I would say around twenty twenty eleven would be a when I really stopped watching it. Yeah, so I, I've said on here that twenty eleven is kind of from the time when I kind of got back in because of Punk. Um, I was kind of watching here and there when the Nexus thing was happening, and the Nexus was cool, but then they messed all that up. It's when Punk kind of you know cut his pipe on promo, and like that's when like. I was fully immersed and back in. I know you were kind of like watching here and there because I knew you were like you were you were a fan of punk and you were liking what he was doing. Um, and then I know you kind of pay attention a little, bit, very very little here and there. But I know, but I know you like Sasha Banks. Uh, I know you're a big fan of her. Um, uh, be, I mean, case in point, she is also Eddie Guerrero was also her favorite wrestler. Plus, she she just does a good job in general. Obviously, she likes Eddie, and she takes some of the the things she does from Eddie, which you know makes me like her automatically. But she's also just a good person. Yeah, uh, not her fans though. Her fans are a little bit too much. Oh, geez, dude, that's another episode. We could <laughs> we could make we could be talking for a whole hour just of how cringy and how ridiculous. Sasha Banks fans are on the internet, specifically her uh, Facebook fans on her on her oh on her page. God. That's just a little bit too much for me. Like I thought it was something. <laughs> I, I thought that was just something that was you know. I mean, it was ridiculous reading those comments, but like I I remember looking through other female WWE wrestlers uh, Facebook pages. Like I looked through Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Bailey. 
uh, Alexa Bliss, like just other women, and like it's just not as nearly as bad as Sasha Banks. No, it's it's a Sasha Banks type of thing. It's not as much as it's other other females don't have to deal with that as much as she does. No, <laughs> anyway, um, but anyway, let's get into uh, just talking about Eddie. So. Ed, what was the first your first memory of seeing Eddie Guerrero? Was it a match? Was it a moment? A segment on TV? I remember what it was. It was uh, when he came out with Chavo Guerrero when they used to be a tag team. That's my first memory of him. And I just liked the whole skits they used to do. They had to do little <laughs> skits. Stuff. They used to go to the Playboy Mansion. It's little stuff like that. Oh, those skits were great. <laughs> they were funny skits, so obviously he was likable. He, he was good. I mean, I liked him with Chavo. I didn't like it when they split up, but as a kid, of course, you don't like it when any tag team splits up. No, no, no. You know, but I, no. no, that's what, that's my first memory of him, and that's when I started really liking him. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, uh, Los Guerreros, that was a great tag team, Chavo and Eddie. Um, they, obviously, they had great chemistry because they're family. They get together. Um, it was... I don't know if I can necessarily remember my first memory of Eddie, um, but just some of my favorite moments were those those vignettes. Like uh, like they went to some like some old lady's house and they were trying to like pretty much sell her a pool or something. Oh, they were trying to like saying they need to fix her pool and they just, <laughs> they just steal all of her shit. <laughs> that wasn't that. Of course, leave it to Vince to to make. Eddie as stereotypical as he possibly could. But the thing was, he was so good at that. <laughs> he was not, exactly. I was about to say, sure, he was extremely stereotypical, but it worked because it was funny. Yeah, he did a great job. I was watching some of like um, some old like s- funny segments he was doing, like when um, like when he put special sauce in the burrito of the Big Show, and the Big Show was having <laughs> diarrhea in the bathroom. <laughs> Is we got to give Big Show credit for that acting. That was that was great oh, that acting. Was great. <laughs> like what's great was um, he's like, hey, I was gonna say, Holmes, what are you gonna do about wiping your ass? Well, Eddie, there's no toilet paper in here. Yeah, I know. I kind of took that out about an hour ago. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that segment ends with someone breaking the. <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, Eddie kicks, <laughs> Eddie kicks down the door. He's like, I got something to wipe your ass with, and he kicks down the door on Big Show. And it's just this big show's about to get up and kill him. He's like, oh, oh, no. Like, oh, oh what's no. wrong, Holmes? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Ain't got nothing on Guerrero. He was so great. And um, think about, the thing about Eddie is he was versatile. He wasn't just, you know, funny. Because when he was trying to be serious and playing the heel, he did a great job doing that, too. I know. It's something that a lot of people probably didn't think that he could do because because how lovable he was. Like, no, I don't think any wrestler has been able to connect with the crowd on like so many different aspects of wrestling because you have a lot of guys who connect with the crowd, like whether if it's their in-ring work, uh, their character, um, um, getting over as super over as a babyface or super over as a heel because not every wrestler can do that because um, you look at somebody like Seth Rollins who is... He's great on a few things. One, he is amazing in the ring. He is an amazing heel. And as a babyface, his track record is kind of so-so. Um, AJ Styles, he is... I think he's kind of one of those guys, um, similar to Eddie, he's great. He's amazing in the ring. He is great as a heel and babyface. Um, Eddie was able... like, But Eddie was able to like make do anything you could give him anything and he was so good at it like you talked about like you really liked his work when he was um when he was a heel facing eddie Guerre- uh, uh Rey mysterio sorry right, right, yeah. that uh, a ladder match of a custody of a kid after we look after all these years <laughs> now now that was see now we 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 uh we hate on WWE for having these terrible storylines with like with Lana and everything, but we forget that they had some crazy dumb things going on back then too. They did, but for whatever reason they made it work. Like you look Because like- he was good. He was good. When you're good, you can make even garbage work, you know? Yeah, it's turning chicken salad into uh, taking chicken shit into chicken salad. That's what it is. And cuz the way he beat Ray, remember he almost took off his mask. He beat him so bad it was half ripped and everything. Mm-hmm. And he really hit him with the, I think it was the steel chair after he jumped him. It was good. It was just a good feud. 
of course it was going to be a good feud. They knew how to work together really well. I mean, they grew up, they practically grew up together and trained together, and they went, they traveled everywhere together. They were together in Mexico, in ECW, in WCW, later on to WWE. You know, um, you look at, it's almost parallel that they're, obviously their paths are going to cross, and they're just, they're just so great together. They were great together uh, in the ring together as opponents. They were great as a tag team. Um, I mean, they, they had a great match. Uh, remember WrestleMania 21? They were the tag team champions, but they had an exhibition match to open the show. Yes, I remember that, yeah. At that time, they were kind of having like little competitions. They're trying to get one over each other, you know? They're kind of see like, oh, I'm the better of the better of the team, you know? Like, kind of yeah, like, they were. I mean, there was always some sort of friendly competition between the two. That's yeah. why it worked so well when they actually had the feud. Yeah, and then that eventually led to their actual feud uh, that led to SummerSlam. Um, f- from my memory, and it's it's very hazy, but that was 2005, right? Like that's kind of before he passed away. You're not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go with it, with a date, CJ. We're just as hazy on this. I just remember the times and the memories I've had of him, but the time it happened, I remember 2002 was the first time I saw him. When he was with uh, Chavo, but that's about it. I don't remember when he had certain matches with with, with certain guys. Okay, so I just looked up when he passed. November 13, 2005. Okay, so that SummerSlam was uh, his last SummerSlam. So he wasn't a heel for very long, because if you remember, he was kind of doing some stuff with Batista not too long after that. Yes, that's when he yes he was uh, forming a tag team with Batista, and they were supposed to turn on each other, or they did turn on each other, if I remember. I don't remember. Uh, is that what happened? I don't that remember. That something too. was supposed to happen with them. I know that they were friends on TV, and even Batista has said like he didn't get to know Eddie. like He didn't know Eddie that long, but he was one of those friends who that he felt like he knew him his whole life. Eddie Guerrero was that kind of person, and they had funny backstage segments too. Uh, they tagged together. It led to a match at No Mercy in 2005, but um, Batista did say that it was supposed to lead to like Eddie kind of turning on uh, Batista, and you know to get Batista more over as a babyface, and that was going to be the plan, but. Um, uh, but, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of stuff of what could have happened. Um, I remember Eddie's last match that he had. It was against uh, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, it was. And and uh, he won, obviously, with the uh, chair yeah. shot to the floor <laughs> and pretending <laughs> I hit Yeah, that's another but what Do you remember what they were supposed to do with Mr. Kennedy with him and that? I don't even know. That was supposed well, to be another... The match itself was supposed to set up uh, the Survivor Series team, uh, Raw versus SmackDown in 2005, and Eddie had won the match, and he went on to... Well, he was supposed to go on to be in the Survivor Series team. I don't know what they did, because I don't think Kennedy was on that pay-per-view, on that team at the very least, but um, I think it was supposed to set up some kind of program between the two of them, because not too long after that, Eddie had passed away. Um but just like th- like you said, like those moments, like when he would just take the chair, smash it on the ground, fall down, throw the chair in the in his opponent's hands, he would like he'd do this funny little stuff. Like he did like cheating, but it was lovable. You know what I mean? Because that's his. That was his thing. That was his thing, and and he he worked it well. And then he had those shirts with uh, Amir Papi. Yeah, those were <laughs> those were funny shirts as well. He, every there's so many memorable things that he did with, the, with every time he he wrestled he put his feet up on the ropes remember that mm-hmm. in the corner yeah he's like just, there's just, countless like things that chilling. he used to do and he, he just was, chilling yeah yeah he was so charismatic too man like just he was I think he had to be like everybody's favorite wrestler at some point I've never met any wrestling fan who says they did not like Eddie Guerrero. Or love Eddie Guerrero at the very least. Like I'm just neither have I. And if they hate on him, they're just haters. They, That's all. They <laughs> are, man. Because like there's there's no way you could possibly hate on Eddie Guerrero. He just he was not only was he charismatic, he was actually really good in the ring. Like one of the best in the ring. Oh my! To me, one of the best ever. Even though he passed away at such a young age, I still think he's one of the best ever to get in the ring. 
he kind of went uh, through something similar that happened to Drew McIntyre. Maybe not the same reason, but he got let go from the company, remember? Yeah, he did. He got let go. You know, he had his issues like drugs, alcohol, whatever the case may be. And he went on the indies and he did a bit of a tear. And this is kind of a thing he, like... I, I saw those. I didn't see any of those until a, a few uh, months ago. And he was killing it there. He looked good. He was fast. So when CM Punk's documentary, Best in the World, came out, I remember watching that for the first time, and Punk was saying how, you know, I thought I was the best wrestler in the world, and then I got in the ring with Eddie Guerrero, and I realized I'm not as half as good as I thought I was. So I didn't know that Eddie got to work with Punk. I had no idea. And there's on YouTube, I think. There's a triple threat match between Eddie, Ray, with his mask off, by the way. Ray has his mask Mm -hmm. off, and Punk. And I'm like... Oh my god. Good match. I've seen that one too. I was impressed. That's when he had long hair, right? Eddie had the long hair in that in that match. Mm -hmm. Eddie had long hair. Ray didn't have his mask on, and Punk had long blonde hair at the time, I think. Like That's just pure talent right there in the ring. And you have to imagine like some of the matches Eddie could if he was still around, the matches he could have had with guys who were coming into the WWE. Like could you imagine a match between Eddie Guerrero and like you know, uh, excuse me, uh, like like an AJ Styles or or a Samoa Joe, um, a potentially uh, a Kevin Owens, Finn Balor. Um, I'm just trying to think of guys who came after. You know, he he had a match. He had matches with CM Punk. With but matches with CM Punk in the WWE. Um, John Morrison. Uh, I, mean, I actually don't even know if that's if, if Eddie got to be with Morrison when he was Nitro, um, but just yeah, to think he made anybody look good. Didn't matter if you like if you were on his level or if you were like subpar or just the drizzling shits. He made everybody look good. He did. He he was really good. I remember uh, since we're just reminiscing, and I'm just throwing stuff out here, CJ. Yeah, yeah of course. I remember that uh, that match. He had with John Cena. What was it? A street fight with the yeah! cars and everything. Yeah, it's another right. good one right there. And people probably don't even one. remember that that one. Yeah. That was a really good match. Yeah. From what I understand, from what I remember, I haven't seen that match in so long. Um, but I was watching a video from Cultaholic uh, a while ago, and it's an older video. But like Jack the Jobber says, like. To this day, no one has used a lawnmower so perfectly well in a wrestling <laughs> match. <laughs> like, and Eddie was a big help of getting to Cena where he where he is today. You know, Eddie had a lot of great matches with John Cena when he was coming up in his uh, like the mid two thousands, and it really helped prop- uh, propel John Cena to the superstar that he became. That feud, I think that I don't remember what that feud was about. That was when he was uh, Doctor Doctor uh, Thugonomics, and he was feuding, and, and it was man, the jokes that Cena used to do on Eddie were hilarious, and vice versa. Man, it was a good feud. It was. Um, I one of my favorite, uh, my two like favorite matches from Eddie. They kind of hap- They happened in the same year. Um, one is when he faced Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20, and the other was when he won the title from Brock at No Way Out. I remember the promo he did against the he did on uh, Brock Lesnar. That was a strong, powerful promo. Mm-hmm. He was screaming at the microphone, talking about how hard he worked and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was it was good. I was telling you, I was joking. I'm like, oh, so Eddie who's not supposed to know how to speak English, did a better promo than Brock Lesnar could. And Brock <laughs> Lesnar speaks perfect English, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, it didn't even... T- like, even Goldberg interfering to set up uh, his match with Lesnar that year's Mania didn't even take away from the moment that Eddie winning the title. It was in El Paso, too. It was in Texas. Like, his family was in the crowd. His mother was right there. So the crowd erupted... Oh yeah, um, that fueled him. It sounded. It, it, I'm sure it was real what he was saying. It I felt real to me. I remember, <laughs> it felt real to me, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that as a kid. Um, and any like Eddie Guerrero pay per view matches, like I, 
I didn't get to really see any pay-per-views until like 2007-ish because I think my parents tried to hide wrestling from me. Not that they tried to hide, but they didn't really, they weren't really crazy about getting pay-per-views for me as a kid. Man, I don't blame them. Back then, I believe uh, Candice Michelle was doing crazy stuff with Vince in the back, right? <laughs> so they probably didn't want to show you that. Dude, <laughs> uh, I remember the first pay-per-view my dad got, uh, No Way Out 2007. The big like money match was Michaels and Cena against Taker and, and uh, Batista, you know, the WrestleMania opponents teaming up to face each other. And then there was, like, a Divas talent contest, which the Miz hosted. And then Ashley Mazzaro, uh, you know, rest in peace, her talent <laughs> yeah, was, know, yes, her, her talent, she just took her top off, and she's got, like, Playboy bunnies on her boobs. Or she's got, like, hands on her bo- like Like, her, bo- her tits are being covered. But my dad freaked out because there I am with me and my sister. He's like, ah, oh, and we're at my uncle's house, and he changed it to like some music channel. I don't know. It was like it it turned into like some Latino uh, music channel. It's like your bongos and shit. And my dad's like, hey, dad. I'm like, dad, go back, go back. We're gonna lose the pay per view. And you know what the crazy thing was? It's probably. Probably like, and it's probably true. I was probably I was more concerned that I was gonna miss the main event rather than Ashley potentially showing her boobs. That's when she was on the cover of Playboy, right? Yeah, Playboy. The Playboy cover was coming back out. Back when for... they used to announce that on oh, the yeah. Raw. Oh, oh man, yeah. they used to have a whole big poster come off the off the roof. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So, and then my uncle upstairs is like, "Gar, what are you doing?" He's like, and then he, my dad was like, he's stumbling for words, just like. Because <laughs> he was staring I... too. He's like, "Hold on a second, what's going on here?" <laughs> I mean, you know, my oh, sister boy. my sister's like 11 years old or something. I'm 12 or 13 and I'm just like I'm freaking out. I'm like boobs and then but then I realized I'm like, "Wait, we could miss the show." And then like my uncle had to come downstairs and he had to fix it and he like my cuz we were at his house watching the show. Anyway, um yeah. But anyway, off that tangent, I really didn't get to see a whole lot of pay-per-view matches until they started until YouTube became a thing. And then I saw that's when I saw Brock versus Eddie and uh Eddie versus Kurt and just maybe like my favorite thing Eddie Guerrero has ever done in a match at the end of his match with Res- at WrestleMania 20 against Kurt Angle to escape the ankle lock, he loosens the laces in his boots so he can escape from the, from the hold. Rolls up Kurt Angle and retains the title. That was beautiful. I remember that, and it, it was good. It was just a classic Eddie way to win. Find a way to win, no matter what. And the thing is, with most wrestlers and most matches, if they try doing that, it's kind of just like ah, that's a shitty way to end a match. Because it was Eddie, it was just so beautifully done. He was so good at like doing like the little things too. You know, just a little thing of just. Un, you know, loosening his boot, and then Angle like he, he he loses control. He's like, "What the hell?" And before he can even realize what's going on, Eddie rolls him up for the pin and, and retains the title. Another thing that helps was he was kind of like the underdog, you know, since he wasn't the one of the typical Vince, uh, you know, the big guy there. Yeah, you know, he was a small guy compared to everyone. Else. Obviously, he was jacked. I mean, we can't deny that, but compared oh, to yeah. everyone else, he was Not- he was really small, and he was the underdog pretty much in every match. Yeah, back then he was considered one of the quote unquote smaller guys, even though he was like I don't know two fifty, two thirty. He was jacked, Eddie Guerrero. He was jacked. Two fifties pushing it. Probably he. I pro- think I he think was he was like definitely two twenty or something because yeah. he wasn't that tall. No, he wasn't that tall. He had to be a max two twenty, you know. But that's the thing about him, man. I was trying to think here. He, you think about some of his like best matches, and you, you can't help but think of, like some of his best opponents and series of matches he's had. Like we talked about Angle, Angle and him had a great series of matches. Him and Brock. Um, but there's one guy in particular who like you can't help but not talk about him. Not only for like matches they've had, but just their friendship, and that's Benoit. Yeah. No, I agree. Benoit, you know, in him, they came in together, didn't they? Was it him that he debuted with, or was it was it, was it four was, guys? It was so it was Benoit Guerrero, Dimalenko, and Perry Saturn. I don't remember the name of the faction they had, but they were treated like a big deal when they left WCW to come to WWF. Um, but 
Eddie and Chris, they traveled together, similar to Eddie and Ray, for years. They got up to get, they brought up together. Um, that was like be- they were best friends. And I know uh, when Eddie passed away, like Benoit, out of all his colleagues, probably took it the hardest. You think back of they had some great matches back in like Nitro, and they had a great moment at the end of WrestleMania 20 when the two guys, the two quote-unquote smaller guys who, and again, Benoit was another guy who was considered a small guy, and he was huge too. Um, The two guys who shouldn't have won their titles, won their matches, two guys who who aren't quote-unquote Vince type of guys, and they're closing the main event of WrestleMania 20. In this huge, huge moment, putting over Benoit. I'm trying to see CJ. I'm trying to remember that moment. I'm trying to picture it in my head right now. Hold on. Well, Ben Benoit had just won the world heavyweight title. He made Triple H tap out, and his kids came into the ring. His family came in the ring, and uh, actually, Eddie may have come to the ring first. And he was just yes, yes, yes. I remember now. Okay, is that when they won? They came over there and they congratulated each other. Well, is that what Eddie, it is? Eddie is that... Eddie came to Benoit after he won the match. Uh, Benoit didn't come after Eddie's match because it was the bigger moment that Benoit won the title because he was the challenger going in. Eddie was already the champion, so he retained the title against Kurt Angle earlier that night. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal for Benoit because he this is what this is the one thing he didn't do in his entire career and he finally got to do it. Um, from just just stories I've heard that they were the best of friends, man. They were always together. They uh, they always said I love you. They gave a hug and a kiss when they saw each other and a hug and a kiss when they when they left. Um, I was listening or watching uh, David Benoit on Chris Van Vliet's show on his podcast. And he just went in depth about you know how he changed. Benoit changed after Eddie's passing. Um, he was just a different person. Um, but the great thing about it is uh, with when they worked together, is they would if they were on a house show together and if they were facing each other, um, one of them would say, "Are you blank?" And the other goes, "I'm blank." So he's like, "All right, let's go," meaning that they have nothing prepared. And they called almost all their matches out in the ring. And they used to really hit each other too. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like they always, they say you always hit your friend friends harder um, for whatever reason because you know they can take it. Um, and they're Bill, not going to take it personally, and it looks no, good. No, that's what not. I'm saying. It looks good back then, man. I those punches were real. When I saw them, I'm like, these things are connecting hard. That's why it was such a good content back then. Well, it was also, really good for me. I was a big fan back then. I remember it. Yeah, man. Eddie, I think the thing about, I think when I think back about Eddie Guerrero, I think about from when he, because for growing up, I only mainly knew about his WWE stuff. And as a kid, you know, all you really know is WWE. You don't know anything else besides it. But you look back on his extensive career. He was in Japan. He was in Mexico. Like, his whole family is legendary in Mexico. Like, they're one of the most famous families in all of professional wrestling. Wrestling's definitely in his blood. I think he's a third-generation wrestler. I I could be wrong, but I think he's third-gen. He might be. Like, his great-grandfather was doing it. I don't remember how long ago, but his dad for sure was a legend. Yeah, I I think he is a, th- a third generation. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I wouldn't put it past me. But I put it past him. Um, I know his daughter wrestles. Uh, Shaw. Shaw Guerrero. She wrestles. Uh, she's actually married to Aiden English. If you know who that is. I know. I saw him on the. He was with Sheamus on YouTube. That's how I know wrestlers now because of Sheamus. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, next time we'll have a whole podcast on Sheamus for you to come back. <laughs> um. Yeah, um, and she was in WWE for about a minute uh, in the de- de- uh, developmental programming before NXT, and uh, she is kind of doing her own thing in the indies. Um, and I gotta say, man, you got Eddie as your dad, 
You got all the charisma in the world. The wrestling, for sure, again, is in your blood. And then you got to give props to Vicky, too, man. Vicky carried uh, carried on after he died. And, I mean, I'm glad they – look, we hated her. Let's be honest here. Oh, yeah. She was the perfect heel with the excuse me every – Yeah. Every, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like what they did with the uh, with her and Edge. That was just not necessary. But yeah, I guess it worked. But again, you know, they were heels, so they were trying to get heel heel. Yeah. Um, they, they got it. Yeah. I, didn't, I well, personally, I, I was a fan of it, so I didn't like what they did with that. But they did what they needed to do. WWE always takes advantage of any situation, makes it real. And I think that was something that you know, Vicky went from somebody who was you know kind of just Eddie's wife, and she was just kind of there. You know, she was here for some storylines here and there, kind of after his passing. But, like, she became a legendary heel general manager and manager, you know, in the uh, late uh, 2000, uh, late 2000s and the early 2010s. Like, she was really, really good. And you have to imagine, you know, Eddie teaching her a thing or two. Or just, you know, just... Thinking. She she was she was her own character. Like she was, I liked she the, what she didn't. I mean, obviously she she had she had the heel heat. She definitely learned that from Eddie, but uh, yeah. she was her own character. That's the thing. She also wasn't trying to just piggyback off of Eddie and anything he did. Like whenever Vicky did something, it was very much her own thing. But I remember when she left the company, uh, twenty fourteen or twenty thirteen, whenever it was. And I think I texted you or I called you or I messaged in the group chat or something and I said, um, so Vicky had a match against Stephanie McMahon, like, you know, like... <laughs> she did the little Eddie uh, shoulder shake. <laughs> not only that, she came out to his music, man. Yeah, was that was like, cool, too. Oh, my God. Like, I, right in the heart, I was just like, oh, man, I want her to win. At first, I didn't care, but when I heard Eddie's music, I'm like, oh, man, and the crowd erupted. She lost the match because uh, she was leaving that night. She wanted to leave the company, but that's how they wrote her off TV. Stephanie ends up winning, but then you know they help. She ends up pushing Stephanie in the mud, and yeah, after the the whole thing, the deal, she uh, she did the Eddie shoulder shake, and she was hitting her chest just like he did. And um, it's the, it was the perfect way for her to leave. They did a great job with it that. Was, it was a beautiful exit, and um, credit to WWE for really treating her really well after after his passing um and you have to think about the influence that he's had on so many wrestlers over the years um i mean we we talked about sasha a little while ago like sasha is directly influenced by eddie guerrero uh her him being her all-time favorite wrestler if 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 you if you're a fan of Sasha Banks and if you don't know that her favorite wrestler is Eddie Guerrero, where the hell have you been? She only takes advantage of mentioning it every single pissing time. <laughs> um, she, you know, and at WrestleMania 32, her first Mania-ish, her gear was very much inspired by Eddie Guerrero. It was very well done. Um, you know, when she's a heel, I see a lot of characteristics of Eddie, of when she cheats, very much like Eddie Guerrero. Um, another, um, another guy. Again, real... she oh, she ahead. does she she takes inspiration from him, but she's still her own thing. Again, they're exactly. not copying what he does; they just make it their own, and that's why they're likable. When you have someone that copies another wrestler, it's not as unique and it's not no, as special. No. But these guys do a great job, and I think Sasha Banks is one of them. Another guy who was influenced by him and I know this because I talked to him because I met him uh, and and I think you kind of know who he is uh, Marty Skrull a name sounds familiar but okay. uh, you're going to have I'll have to see a picture I'll probably okay. remember um, he, I'll look him up he was, he was in Bullet Club he was uh, in the Elite um, and when Sean and I went to go to a Ring, Ring of Honor show in 2017 uh, the final battle pay-per-view which is like their Wrestlemania uh, he had a match against Jay Lethal, and in the it was kind of like a match of who could outdo the other because Jay Lethal kind of used to be like a heel. He kind of used to cheat to win, um, and Marty was a bit of a heel. Is a bit of a heel, um, 
And at one point, there was uh, the referee was down. Uh, Marty had grabbed a steel chair. He smacked it in the ring, laid down, threw it at Jay Lethal. Then Jay Lethal decides to put the chair over himself and lay down in the ring. And then the referee looks around like, what the hell just happened? And then in the Hammerstein ballroom, you heard a Eddie, 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 Eddie chants, thunderous Eddie chants. And then, like, um, later in, uh, in, like, 2018, I went to another Ring of Honor show with uh, with Reyes, and I met Marty Skrull and Cody Rhodes that day, and I talked to Marty, and I said, hey, man, uh, you know, big fan, I really loved your match with Jay Lethal at Final Battle, um, how'd you feel about getting all those Eddie chants? And he starts laughing, he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's a British guy, too, he's like, he's like, man, that was a really cool moment, Eddie Guerrero was one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I think he's one of the all-time greats, and he was definitely a reason why I wanted to get into wrestling. So that was pretty cool uh, hearing that in, in my match with Jay. So, and you got to imagine, he's a guy who probably made guys like, you know, smaller guys like uh, AJ Styles think like, hey, if I can do that, you know, uh, if he can do that, why can't I, you know? So, He's influential. He's he was one of a kind because how there there are too many wrestlers nowadays who just don't feel special. Even if they're amazing in the ring, they don't feel special because there's something that's not unique about them. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, like Joe says, they have no personality, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing in uh, in wrestling. And it's been it was a big thing back then. It's a big thing now. Personality alone can can take you really far. And Eddie, his personality was just just a piece of how of of how good he was. He had the whole package, man. Like, like that's why I enjoyed him. He was a high flyer, but he wasn't just a high flyer. He was just good at everything he did. He was big. He was, you know, he was able to obviously the frog splashed favorite. I we used to do it on each other in the pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, that's right. When we used to be kids, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just there's nothing. I mean, obviously, he had his own demons. I mean, but like in terms of wrestling, he had everything. Yeah. Speaking of Frog Splash, another great match of Eddie's that I just remembered. Um, I don't know if you ever, if I know you probably know about it, but I don't know if you've ever seen it. But uh, remember his match with RVD for the IC title on Raw? It was a ladder match. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember they had a match together. Now, I can't remember exact moments in it, but yeah, I remember a little bit. Yeah, the Frog Splash versus the Frog Splash. <laughs> Damn, dude. Eddie had a better frog splash. I don't care what anyone says. I yeah, I would say Eddie had a better frog splash, but RVD sold his frog splash better. Like you remember in the in the in the, in the SmackDown versus Raw video games when you play as Ray, uh, Rob Van Dam, like you hit the five star frog splash, and he like hits it, and like boom, he like like he just hit a crash pad or something and flips over. Like RVD like sold oversold his frog splash when he hit it, but Eddie's was just was spot on beautiful. They had similar wrestling styles, both of them. Yeah, both guys were, you know, they could go high. Well, RVD, he's high all the time. Uh, <laughs> they they are high flyers, you know. They uh, they could do, like, you know, hardcore matches and ladder matches, especially RVD coming from ECW. Um, that's another thing, you know, uh, Eddie was in ECW for a bit. Um, ECW at the time, I remember, you know, sure, they had all these hardcore matches and these you know, these crazy spots going on, but guys like Eddie, Benoit, Jericho, and Mysterio were kind of like the portion of the card, and Dean Malenko was in that that group too, of guys who could really work and wrestle and just show like, look, we're not just, you know, these hardcore guys. We we have guys who can work too. And then that's when they kind of went, uh, you know, got nabbed by Bischoff for WCW, and they were, you know, made more money. He debuted as a, as a jobber in WCW, Eddie. Right, I don't I think know. Think he debuted as a jobber. I don't remember. WCW was a time of wrestling where I just I just didn't really pay attention to it. Uh, I was more. It was uh, we were too young to appreciate it back then. Yeah, I don't know about too young, but like, but but for for me, I was just any wrestling I saw was WWF, uh, and in the in the Attitude Era, that was like not too much for me. Again, my parents were kind of they didn't try to hide wrestling, but they didn't really make it open that I could see it. Um, Back when wrestling wasn't for kids. Yeah, pretty much. When kids were like the big market and like uh but anyway, but there's another really great story with Eddie. Remember his storyline with China? 
That was a nice one. That was a, that was a funny. It was like Mamacita, Mamacita every, every <laughs> single time, and it just made no. It was so it was so random at work though. They had great chemistry. He, they did. They had great chemistry, and then he gave her a puppy. It was it was good, man. He's just also like, did, didn't he technically betray her to take her title or something like that? I think is, he, is that how it went? He had a match with her, uh, and he kind of got a roll up. He tried to get a roll up. I. I vaguely remember, it was on Raw one night. I vaguely remember this. He uh, he tried to like roll her up, and she kicked out. He's and he's like, whoa, 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 baby, baby, it's okay, Mama Sita, it's okay, it's okay. No, we cool, we cool, it's okay, it's okay. Come here, and he kisses her hand, like and all, like like he would walk her down to the ring. He would like he would treat her like like she was a goddess, and like it was kind of a side of China we never really saw before. We never really saw any feminine side, right? Yeah. We never really saw China treat as like a feminine, like, like an actual woman. She was just like this, you know, the eighth wonder of the world. Um, sorry, the ninth, they called her the ninth wonder of the world. Yeah. Ninth Kong, wonder of the world. Kong, Kong being the eighth. Um, they, uh, you saw her smile. She seemed like, like, like it was, it was, it was, it was nice. It was, it was cute. It was, it was a nice thing that, a side of it was a side of her that sh- that Eddie brought out on TV. Like China could easily could have been like that person in real life, and no one probably knew except wrestlers or her family and friends. But that's a side of China as fans we didn't see before, and Eddie brought that out in her. I liked her a lot in that storyline. It was it was a great. Eddie again was uh what was it was it I don't remember exactly. There was they were together what for a couple of months right? That's how long they're. Their storyline went. Yeah, it was it was quite a while. It was a short. It wasn't a long storyline. Um, I, I remember when she passed. There was a picture I saw on Facebook or something, and uh, it was like her and Eddie in the ring. Uh, he had her hand. He was kissing it, and um, and I think it was kind of like made to look like they were in heaven. And I think the caption was. Uh, Mamacita, you're finally at rest. You're finally at peace. I saw. I you're saw that one. Yeah, that was, she that passed was, away. That was really. That was really, really nice. She should uh, be in the Hall of Fame. We'll see if that ever happens. Yeah, I think that's a episode <laughs> discussion for another time, man. We have a lot of discussions going on here, CJ. There's like at least three topics that deserve their own episode. <laughs> hey, man, we might. Eat, who knows? When we're done with this, we might have another quick one. I don't know about you, but <laughs> but this is these were typically our conversations when we would just sit in in one of our cars and just talk for hours about whatever, and we just go on different tangents. Look, it's it's been. I think we've done a pretty decent job of trying to stick with Eddie. <laughs> Well, it's hard because Eddie is connected to everyone in one way or another, so it's easy to split away from him and then come back. <laughs> it is. Because, look, Benoit, Big Show, Brett Lesnar, China, Ray. I mean, it's a long list of, of people he's been really connected with. Yeah. Edge, uh, John Cena. Uh, I don't know if he got in the ring too much with Taker. Uh, I, I can't really remember. Uh, but, but, yeah, it... it you're right. It really is hard not to talk about all these other people because they were and even and even people who you don't expect to be friends with him were friends with him. Like JBL was a huge. Oh yeah, they Eddie were Guerrero's. really good. <laughs> you know what? And, my- and JBL back then was apparently a quote unquote bully, and a lot of people, you know, he didn't like that many people, but he loved him. He loved yeah, Eddie. But, but he yeah. It's hard that you don't that you don't love Eddie Guerrero. Like I said, like I've never been a fan. You have to respect them. Yeah, yeah, you have to respect. I um I was watching earlier today. I was watching a um the segment like JBL and Eddie were feuding. Eddie was a champion, and uh, JBL refused to come out of his limo. And and he's like, oh Holmes, you think it's business? You don't want to make it personal? I'm gonna make it personal, Vato. <laughs> so he goes, runs after JBL. He's like, yeah, it's. It's Locke. What are you doing, you stupid Latino? You can't get a get me. What do you think you get? And then Eddie climbs over the limo and he grabs JBL's hat. And he's like, "Hey, Eddie, get back here! That's a th- that's a three thousand dollar hat. <laughs> you got a big hat, Holmes. What is this? A ten gallon hat?" <laughs> and then he's like, "You know what? You know what? I say I'm gonna fill this this up." Anybody got like a beer or a Coca-Cola or something? We can fill a lot of stuff in here, man. So the, and he's like, no, don't you dare do that. I'm wearing a $3,000 suit. That's the only reason why I'm not coming down there kicking your ass. 
And Eddie goes around the crowd. He takes JBL's hat, and people start pouring shit in the hat. They start pouring water. They're pouring beer, soda, popcorn, French uh, 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 cheese fries. People are spitting in the hat. Like it's just so great. And he knew how to work a crowd easily. Any given day could work a crowd. He had a crowd. He had the crowd in his palm of his hand Eddie Carrera Eddie Guerrero could just stand in the uh, stand in the middle of the ring not say anything for like five minutes and the crowd would just give him so much love sometimes he couldn't even finish his segment because they kept cheering him he's like I gotta wait for these guys to stop yeah he was so over that sometimes and that's not necessarily a bad thing that's a great that's thing that's not a bad thing that's what you want there was um, oh yeah I remember before I was gonna say something before about the whole JBL thing um was that the, go on? Just the I gotta ask you something because I gotta so, know. Was this the time when JBL was pretending to stop people from crossing the border? Is yes, that is that the second? Yes, this, oh, this man, it was that. that was it was ridiculous. that. <laughs> they he showed was, that on TV. I still can't believe to this day that got approved and got. On t- if that was on TV today, oh my god, <laughs> people would be rioting. You people from all over would be like that is completely utterly like like I'm surprised like WWE hasn't been accused of like Me Too shit with all the shit they pulled like 10, 15 years ago. Vince, whatever Vince did, he did it correctly because that guy's avoided I think at least a thousand lawsuits. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> but he, he's done a great job doing avoiding them all. Exactly, man. Um, I just I had thought of before. There, you know. It's crazy, like all these great matches Eddie had in his career. There's one particular guy who he never had a match with, and it was somebody. And I'm not just I'm not talking about guys like 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 Samoa Joe or AJ Styles, like I mentioned earlier, but someone he was he was in the company with for a long time, and he never got a match with him. You you want to guess who as to who that might be? Um, uh, Matt Hardy. I want to say Eddie and Matt did have a match, but no, it's actually Shawn Michaels. Really? Well, he wasn't really on Raw. He was a SmackDown guy, Eddie. Yeah, because I remember watching um, tribute videos. And, at, and, uh, and back then, they didn't used to you know intertwine too much. Yeah, back then when they intertwined, it felt like a big deal. It uh, was a big deal. When someone from Raw came on SmackDown, they used to be versa. massive. Yeah, it was a yeah. big, big deal before it got watered down. But uh, I remember Eddie give uh, uh, Shawn Michaels giving his little uh, tribute to Eddie on the thing uh, in that episode. He's like, you know, I uh, he's like, do I have a lot of great memories of in the ring with Eddie Guerrero? He's like, uh, unfortunately, no, I don't have any uh, memories in the ring because uh, Eddie and I never really got to have a one-on-one match together. It's like, but I do have memories of share, talking about our families, about our kids, uh, sharing passages in the Bible together. So I was like, I know that one day Eddie and I, uh, I will see Eddie again in that great big, uh, great big ring in the sky, and we will have um, a match that we would have loved to put on for the fans one day. And he's just given a nice, touching speech to for Eddie. And that's another thing that Eddie was a was a huge born again Christian. After he kind of got over his demons and everything, actually, I I think he may have always been a religious man. Even- I think so, but it was more so after uh, it, he got released. I think it was because of a DUI, right? Uh, and then he went. That. It was a DUI. He got released from it, and I think he. I think, yeah, I'm probably wrong. If I'm wrong, the the freaking smarks are going to correct me, or whatever you call them. Right? The seven smarks Smar- who listen to this will will correct you. <laughs> yeah, you know, the yeah the 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 ten, the ten guys from Pakistan, CJ, because you got a big following in <laughs> Pakistan. <laughs> Evidently <laughs> so. Me. Oh Jesus. No, well, pro- anyways, that's, I think still- after that, and the- I think he, oh, his, sorry. You, can quote on, you can call his quote-unquote purification the Indies because he came back better than ever. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll say this. I was going to say uh, they'll probably correct you and say, no, Roman Reigns is better. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't fucking care. This is an Eddie <laughs> podcast. Deal with it. <laughs> oh, that's the one F-bomb. That's our one F-bomb for the episode. Are we not allowed to say it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you are now. I guess. <laughs> Let's. I. I. You, that's my fault. I typically say, "Hey, you kind of say what you want. Just don't drop the f bomb." But I always put explicit. It doesn't matter. And I don't. I thought this was like the Joe Rogan podcast. I thought we could say whatever we want. <laughs> uh, not. Not exactly. You can. You can say ninety eight percent of what you want. The, the other two percent is the variations of the f word. All right. I will not. I will not say it going forward. 
Okay, and I don't even you edit. cut my vo- you cut my vocabulary in half, CJ. I think Sorry. we're in trouble now. <laughs> I don't even edit this part out. <laughs> I don't. I just keep it in there for shits and giggles. Oh man, and, uh, man. Now let me see. There's uh, there's so much to remember. Um, did you see him when he was young? And did you ever see him when he was in Mexico wrestling, CJ? Did you ever see any videos there? I mean, obviously not live, but did you see um... any videos of him back then? I don't think I've ever really seen any stuff in Mexico. I've seen some clips here and there when he was in New Japan, um, when he was Black Tiger. Um, just some just some clips here and there of him in Japan. I didn't see too much stuff in Mexico. Have, have you seen stuff of him in Mexico? No, I was no, I haven't. I've been actually haven't been able to find anything. I don't know if there's anything on video, but I was asking because you know you're you're fully immersed in the world of wrestling. I thought you may have seen something. Um, no, no, I've, I haven't seen a whole match of his in Japan, but I've seen highlights, I've seen clips here and there, and I'm just like, you know, again, he was still as good as he, as good as he was then as he was up until the day he passed away. Um, do you feel like maybe when he was a little bit leaner, his mobility, I mean, obviously he was good, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I feel like maybe his mobility was a little bit better when he was not as big, but he had no choice but to get big, because back then... It was either get bigger. I would say so. Get pushed. I would say he was his mobility was a lot better when he was when he was a little smaller because he was younger. Um, but again, yeah, you kind of have to bulk up just even a little bit to get noticed by Vince. I know um, that that was crazy back then. You had no choice but to get big. I actually heard of a funny story, uh, and this is uh, I heard these both from Jericho's podcast. So there's uh, a famous well. I'm not famous, but in the wrestling community, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, if you watch like New Japan, there's a wrestler, his uh, not a wrestler, his a referee. His name is Tiger Atori, and he's like, "Hey man, how you doing, man?" That's literally how he talks. And Jer- and Jericho worked with Eddie a lot in over in Japan, and Tiger Atori goes to Eddie and says like, "Hey Eddie, you're like a Mexican flamingo, man." He's like, "What are you talking about?" Like a Mexican flamingo, man. When you when you work, big up body, no legs. <laughs> Mexican flamingo. What and, the hell is wrong and, with and, that and guy? Eddie, and Eddie got pissed off. He's like, "F you, man." He's like, "Well, take it easy, man. Just joking, man. I'm kidding around, man." Um, but then another great story, and I heard this from Angle uh, when he came on Jericho's podcast when he got inducted in the Hall of Fame. And well, then, he got into a fight with him, right? <laughs> yeah, th- this may be one of my favorite stories I've heard about Eddie Guerrero outside of wrestling. Well, outside of like main TV programming. So he, um, Eddie, Eddie and Kurt were were feuding, and I don't know if I it may have been into their program. It's a mania. I'm not sure. Uh, I think Angle may have had Team Angle with him. Uh, the end of the segment was supposed to be that. Angle and Charlie Haas and ben, Charlton Benjamin were gonna like beat up Eddie, and they were gonna, you know, send the home uh, send the crowd home like disappointed, and they're gonna get a lot of heat on, on Angle and them, and it was, and it worked. But apparently, somebody may have hit Angle too. Uh, I'm sorry, Eddie too hard, and, and he thought it was Kurt who tried to stiff him. And he goes, you know, after the segment, and like I'm like, all right, I go over to Eddie, I thank him, like, hey Eddie, thank you, that went really well. I think that was a really great job out there. He's like. He's like, F you, man. You stiffed me out there, Angle. He's like, no, I didn't. He's like, yes, you did, man. You hit me in the back of the head, man. You stiffed me, Angle. He's like, he's like Eddie, shut. Like, I, I swear to God, I didn't stiff you. And then and then Angle, he kind of instigated. So he shoved him. And Eddie didn't do anything. He's like, so I shoved him again. He's, and then Eddie Guerrero tries to double leg Kurt Angle. <laughs> Uh, Olympic and, uh, Olympic gold wrestler. Yes. <laughs> and and at the same time, Angle and Jericho on the podcast, I was like, he did not just try to double leg an Olympic gold medalist. So he stopped him. He got Eddie in a chokehold, and he nearly passed Eddie out, and he had Eddie tap. <laughs> and he's like, but the, I I think. I think he nearly had Eddie pass out, but it was actually Big Show who got in the middle of it and separated the two. And he and he said he grabbed Angle by the singlet, and he's like, "I never <laughs> like grabbing it's he's the little like, kids." He's like, "I never had little man syndrome more than I ever had when Show lifted me." I look, I point my finger in his face, like, "Don't you ever lift me like that ever again." And then you know they cooled. Angle said he cooled down, and you know he waited a few minutes, and he went over to Eddie, said, "You know, Eddie, um." I'm sorry, man. You know, I, I did, you know, 
And I got, I got a little too too mad, and I, I hope we can move past this. And Eddie just goes, I'm not ready. He's like, what What do you mean you're not ready? I'm not ready to be sorry. And then they start fighting again. <laughs> oh, man. That is so great. <laughs> Freaking Eddie. When man. do you think we would, would you think, uh, when do you think he was in his prime, CJ? I think it had to be WCW. Honestly, I'm I gonna, think I, I'm I'm gonna say his WWE run. I'm gonna say that I think those are his best, like his best work. I mean, obviously he was doing his best work there, but we're talking about like as a wrestler because he was young back in WCW. I think even Kurt Angle uh, says that he was in his prime in WCW. Yeah, Kurt did say that. Um, I guess you could argue that yeah, his his prime was probably WCW, but like. For me, I think his prime is it was in WWE because again he was only thirty four, thirty five. He could have gone for like another ten years if he wanted to. Yeah, he could have. Well, I mean, ten years he would have been forty four. Yeah, Triple H wrestled until he was old too. So yeah, maybe. Dude, Triple H is gonna be fifty. Triple H doesn't want to leave. That dude's gotta chill out. I mean, it's not like he's wrestling all the time. I mean, he's just, you know, he's... he's running. Well, as you can see, his last one was Sean wasn't that good. So I think it's time, you know, to... Yeah, I Triple H is more of an attraction now as, like, for casual fans. Kind of like, oh, Triple H is going to be wrestling. I'll watch, like, you know, stuff like that. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, I guess uh, we've been kind of going for, I want to say, almost an hour now. But anyway... Um, Real quickly, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up with it in a few minutes. Uh, but if you had to say uh, a few things, um, your favorite Eddie Guerrero match, your favorite uh, segment, uh, and your favorite uh, opponent of Eddie's. The uh, my favorite Eddie Guerrero match has to be when uh, you know against Kurt Angle. That was beautiful. It was just up and down the whole time. Mania twenty. It just. Uh, when he was when he uh, took off the shoe. Yeah, that's Mania twenty. WrestleMania twenty. That was okay. At WrestleMania twenty. That was my favorite match because just when you thought he was done, he found a way. It was just, you know, that moment when you the ref's about to three uh, hit three and you think it's over, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Like that that that's the feeling I got every single time in that match. It was a great match. Obviously, you the ending I liked dis- as well. You suspended your disbelief. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And do you have, like, a favorite that, uh, segment or, like, uh, in-ring promo he did? It could be back, a, backstage. That, that, one, that one's hard to pick, CJ, because there's a lot of them I liked. Uh, <laughs> the, the one against Lesnar when he was speaking, you know, passionately to him, mm-hmm. when he was in, 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 what was he, in El Paso, like you said, that one has to be the most powerful one. I enjoy that one a lot. Even Lesnar's face was like, damn, this guy's freaking good. Like if you, if you looked at his face, that's what he looked like, and that that has to be my favorite one. But there's so many to pick from. And what was the last thing you asked me? Uh, the last one is who uh, who do you think was Eddie's best opponent or or your favorite person to watch him wrestle? That one's a hard one, CJ. That's everybody. Know, he made everybody he look good. With everybody. Uh, man, I don't know, but I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, when he worked with Benoit. With Benoit, okay. Um, for me, uh, I would. I said it like my two favorite matches I've said was you know the um, the Mania match with Kurt Angle, um, but I'll probably say uh, his match with Brock at No Way Out uh, a few months prior of that year because it was just. It was finally the culmination of something he worked so hard for and something he deserved of saying he got to be WWE champion. When, again, he was one of those guys who was always an amazing worker, so good, so charismatic, but like never typically seen as a guy who Vince would put the title on. But he did it. And I mentioned earlier, even though Goldberg got involved, it didn't take away from this amazing moment that Eddie had of winning, finally winning the title. Um... Segment, um, for, for me, any 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 segment he did where he was making you laugh was always a favorite of mine. Um, I have to, mm, I don't know, that one. Uh, the story time with Eddie Guerrero was good when he was a heel. Those are really good. 
leading up to his match with Ray. Um, if I had to pick one, um, I'd probably say when uh, remember when he was like kind of auctioning off uh, Kurt's stuff. <laughs> I'd probably I'd probably say that one. <laughs> um and my favorite opponent of Eddie's and that is tough. You said uh you said Benoit. Yeah, but you could easily put Ray in there, man. That match in the steel yeah. cage was great, I was man. Gonna, I was gonna say like either for me I'd probably say Angle or, or, or Mysterio. Like one of those two. Um Brock, they didn't have too many matches, so, it, so you know, I'll, I'll I'll go with Ray because just of the long history they have, and the amazing feud that they ended up having. There's no wrong answer. No, <laughs> That's there, all good. There really isn't. <laughs> all right. Anyway, man, I guess we can kind of wrap things up there. Uh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, who knows? Maybe like come in once in a while and we just talk about stuff like this because I know that. You're not someone who really follows wrestling right now, but I know when you and I talk about wrestling, we reminisce about stuff that we watch. It's we all kids. nostalgic with us, CJ. There's a lot of uh, stuff that we used to. We like remember. I remember there was a good three solid years we saw it together and pretty much talked on the phone every time SmackDown was on. Mm-hmm. And even when it wasn't, you weren't always watching. Even like we are right now, we still talk about. Stuff we love growing up as kids, and Eddie Guerrero was for sure a guy who we we just loved growing up and watching. And um, and you know what? Maybe after this, I'll tell you a few more ideas I've got, and we'll work something out. Um, Maybe we can get uh, Joe on here too. Do a threat. Yeah, triple threat. Triple threat. It'd be the first. It'd be the first time we have three people on the podcast. I actually would really love to do that. We'll talk. We'll talk about it soon with him. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, that'll do it for this special edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, the tribute we have for Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Ed, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, be sure to uh, listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, uh, like us on Facebook at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Um, Gonna have some. Hopefully, get this out towards the either tomorrow, uh, as of the time of this recording, probably the thirtieth of January or later on this week. Not sure exact. Not sure exactly. But uh, stay tuned to everything that is going on. So for my my buddy Eduardo Falcone and for CJ Palmasano, I'll see you next time.